Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. This is Lisa, and you can catch me on Twitter at ILTM Podcast. I'm also on Instagram, and I love that movie podcast, and we have a Patreon. Uh, the show is always free, but if you want to support us on there, you can, and that's at patreon.com slash I love that movie. Uh, if you do sign up, you get a weekly bonus episode that has you know interviews and, and also a lot of current stuff that we're covering, um, and I'd like to thank to take a moment, I'd like to take a moment to thank our top patrons. They are Chris Balga, Jeff Whitman, Philip Barker, Michael Cross. Also, I have a new person that I want to give a shout out to. Cody House just signed up and wanted to say hi, Cody. Thank you for joining. Um, and yeah, if you like what you heard today, please subscribe and rate the show. It does help new listeners find us. And I want to introduce a recurring guest that I've had on here. Say hi to Chris Balga. Hey, Lisa. How you doing? Doing well. Um, Chris, why don't you introduce yourself in case people haven't heard your name before? Yeah, my name is Chris Balga. I'm a assistant principal here in North Carolina, uh, but I have two two uh, podcasts I, I'm on. Uh, one is called World's Finest True Believers, where a guest comes on and selects a graphic novel or comic book arc from any genre. We do a deep dive into the history of the creation, the showrunners, and the guest favorite parts. You know, since I've been on the show, I'll, I always say, you know, give credit where credit is due. This show was definitely the uh, big inspiration for my show. So, and then the other show I co-host with my friend Brent is Marvel Alliance, where we dive in. It's a weekly show where we dive into everything going on in the world of Marvel, whether it be TV, streaming, movies, and comics at that point. And both those shows are on the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. Yes, thank you so much for the kind words. And, you know, obviously your podcast is a big inspiration to me as well. So oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, my guest always picks the movie. You've been on here a few times. I don't think we've talked Bond yet, though. No, kind of yeah. Spoiler this... <laughs> there. <laughs> but what movie did you choose to talk about today? Yep, it is a, a James Bond movie. It's probably it, it, it ranks not if it may be. Uh, my top favorite Bond, but definitely of the Daniel Craig era, my favorite Bond uh, from 2012, Skyfall. Yes. And I don't know. I, I think I agree with you on rewatch. Okay. So I saw, you know, when we thought Bond was coming out a while back, I mean, we've mm -hmm. thought this like 10 times, but one of the last <laughs> it finally did. It finally did. <laughs> it finally came out. With one of the times I watched uh, Casino Royale again. Mm -hmm. And I really liked it, right? I love that. Yeah. I've always thought of that as my favorite, but I don't know if it's because it's the oldest one out of these. I it 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 aged a little bit for me. Mm -hmm. Whereas Skyfall, I you know rewatched this and I was like, 
man, I forgot how perfect this is. So and, I think and, it might be my favorite. I might have to switch over to Skyfall. And, and I think for a lot of people, it, it alters back and forth. I mean, yeah. we, you know, No Time Today came out. I know that's starting to be in a conversation for some people's top without getting sure. spoilers with it. But I think <laughs> until that movie, it seemed to alter between Skyfall and Casino Royale for a lot of people. And I mean, I can't argue with people who put Skyfall at two and Casino Royale at one. It's Skyfall just hit. I have probably seen that out of most of the Craig. Probably at this rewatching is probably my 10th time rewatching it. Wow. Well, um, yeah, it's it's really <laughs> it's just jam packed with stuff. I mean, it's like that. that's what I was thinking watching it this time, like. So much happens in this one movie. Yeah. And especially, and again, if you like it, great. Uh, I, I know we don't dog on movies, but coming from Casino Royale, new bond to what I consider the low point of Craig's era, the Quantum of Solace, to Agreed. then really knocking it out of the park with Skyfall. I mean, talk about, okay, we know we didn't do the best we could with Quantum of Solace, but wait till you see Skyfall. Man, who so much good about this movie. I know. And I feel like a lot of that has to do with the director, too. You know, mm -hmm. this was directed by Sam Mendes. I don't go in a little out of order here, but... I'll go for it. Um, Your show. You can do what you want. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. <laughs> but, um, you know, watching it this time, especially the scenes towards the end, reminded me a lot of... Uh, the, the Towards the end of this movie, there are scenes that really do remind me a lot of 1917 with, like, the color palette mm -hmm. and the running. I don't know. There's just something about... It, and I'll kind of touch on it more when we get there, but... Um, I do think him being such a good director uh, had a pretty big impact on this film. Oh, yeah. And it definitely was a, 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 probably a big reason they wanted him to come back for, mm -hmm. for Spectre, too. Yes. So. And uh, I also think that it's a very like artistic film for a Bond film. You mm -hmm. know, it's it, got a lot of choices and aesthetically. It and it really deals with, I mean, you saw that a lot in Casino Around a little bit with Quantum Solace, but this one really deals probably the most personal yes. depth we have gone into Bond in his past. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, it, which can be polarizing. I remember I had mm -hmm. friends that I saw it with and they were like, that was bad. And I was like, I was like, what? Did I see a different movie? And I think yeah, over time. I say it, that a lot of times with sometimes. <laughs> with his, I hated yeah. this. Okay. You missed the assignment on that one. <laughs> yeah. And, and like sometimes over time people, I think it, it was just very different, you know, kind mm -hmm. of like Casino Royale. It's just different because it does go really deep and we learn a lot about him. And, you know, he's an international man of mystery, maybe, you know, <laughs> like Oscar Powers. Uh, but it's like he, we kind of almost want him to stay mysterious. And so they, they mm -hmm. made a choice here by not doing that. And I think it paid off, but I could see how that could be a little polarizing for some. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's their opinion at that point. I uh, I can uh, kindly disagree, but again, that's what makes that's what makes uh, these fun discussions have. People have different opinions on it. Exactly. Well, I'm going to go ahead and read a synopsis of this, a quick summary. Um, if you haven't seen Skyfall, why? Why haven't you seen? No, but if you haven't seen, that's it, your homework. <laughs> yeah, log off immediately and see it, or close your phone. Um, but if you are still here, uh, we do not do spoiler free discussion so i would definitely see it first uh but without further ado here's the summary uh when james bond's latest assignment goes terribly wrong it leads to a calamitous turn of events undercover agents around the world are exposed mi6 is attacked forcing m to relocate the agency and with mi6 now compromised inside and out m turns to the one man she can trust bond 
Aided by a field agent, Bond takes to the shadows and follows a trail to Silva, a man from M's past who wants to settle an old score. Yeah. Yeah, I like that it, summary. That was a good one. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it gives gives a good setup at that point. But yeah, this is, I mean, we, we kind of did it offline. I'll say it now, upon kind of reading a little bit more about it and then watching it this time, I was like, Man, there. This is the only Bond movie in the Craig era that has no direct connections to the previous two, mm-hmm. nor will be referenced in the ne- in the last two. Yeah. And, and knowing that, going knowing that even more going into this, I said, "Man, it is a it is a true standalone movie in the sense of the past and what's the future coming." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't Sil- remember. S- S- till I watched Silva's it not connected. Silva's not connected to. Uh, what becomes known as Spectre. Yeah, because we're gonna shift to uh to his, you know, brother in quotes mm-hmm. and and a new love interest. And yeah, it's just completely different from what we get in this movie. Um, I have a couple of quick facts I wanted mm-hmm. to share. Uh the first one's one of my favorites just because I love Judy Dench. <laughs> mm. So Dame Judy Dench has more screen time in this movie than Desmond Lewin uh had in his 17 movies as Q making her portrayal of M the most recurrent character in the franchise after Bond as measured by screen time. Now that may have changed after that, but for that, from that point. More Judy Dench on screen. That's not a bad thing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, It's also the most successful James Bond movie at the international box office in the official films franchise history. Again, probably up until this point, but Mm -hmm. I, it may keep that title since I don't think no time to die did as well because of the pandemic and stuff. Um, Adele Skyfall is the first billboard top 10 to win the Academy Award for best original score since Eminem's lose yourself in 2002. And and the only bond, uh, theme song to ever win an Academy Award. Others have been nominated. Yeah, it it was, others had been nominated. Uh, 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 obviously which one was it? Um, you've got Paul, I'm trying to pull up my list right here because I had it written down. Um, uh, although Bond songs have been nominated for best song, uh, that would be live and let die. So Paul McCartney, Sir Paul McCartney, obviously for your eyes only the spy who loved me and the unofficial casino Royale in 1967. Yeah. This is the first James Bond to win the Academy award with that. She was pregnant at the time and the way her, 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 she, she talked about the way her, the pregnant, her pregnancy kind of affect obviously hormones caused her voice to go deeper. And which is why her singing tone in the song is so low. And she has never been able to replicate that tone ever again, you know? So, so it's, it's and even the, the song skyfall, I go back and forth between Adele skyfall and Chris Cornell's, uh, oh, yeah, that's you a know, one. you know, my name, mm-hmm. two very different songs, but if I were to pick like the more typical Bond, and I say typical in the sense of kind of what you expect out of a Bond song, the beats and everything like Adele's kind of wins out for me. And I've been kind of jamming out to that song since I've watched the movie. I said, man, I think this might slightly beat out Chris Cornell for me as one of my as one of my favorites. I think it does for me too. And, you know, that surprises me. Like that's not, but it's like, I just, it's so good. It just feels so Mm -hmm. Bond, but it's so epic. And it really captures the tone of the film, which is like surprisingly somber. Um, Mm -hmm. 
you know, just everything about that. I like that song. I like the one by, um, oh, what's the artist's name? Sam something. Oh, Sam Smith. Sam Smith. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I like his his as well. And I, I actually love the Billie Eilish one, too. I love Bond themes, I think. So I'm an easy <laughs> yeah. sell there, but those are some of my favorites. But this one, it it's the second I just see the name, the, the song plays in my head. So. Yeah, and they work in like you usually hear from Bond movies, like a, they work in the elements of Bond's theme into true, the true, song. True. They do a great job with it in this in her song. Yeah, and that intro, oh yeah, just so great. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I love, we kind of talked about Sam Mendes a little bit, so kind of wanted to talk about the cast too because this I, I really yeah. love the cast of this film. You know, obviously Daniel Craig, we've talked about him a few times on the show. Little um, up and comer at the time. You know. <laughs> yeah, brand new to the scene. Uh, yet another Bond film where he said it would be his last, and it mm-hmm. was not. Um, <laughs> but absolutely love the way he portrays the character with just so much. I mean, he seems so tough, you know, but he's, I, I think they said at, at the point of this movie, it was like only the second time he'd ever cried in any of the Bond films. Yeah, something to that effect. And I think the only other time was, um, oh, Jeez, I'm gonna. People are gonna be shouting at the sc- shouting at the screen at that <laughs> oh, point. Um, it, oh, it's and I'm a big Bond fan, and I'm feeling bad. I'm forgetting this. Um, the um, I want to say I think it's one of the Connery ones. Her, her, yeah. her Maj- no, Her Majesty's Secret oh, okay. Service. It's uh, I think it's it's Roger Moore, and I want to say it's it's when the only time he's you know when he was married at oh, that point. It okay. is. And, spoiler alert she dies oh, <laughs> and she's I'm killed. So, <laughs> um, so he was so, allowed to cry that one time because his wife. Yeah, died. That's the other time. Yeah. I know, <laughs> I know our, our buddy Scott's yelling at yelling at me right now. You yeah. Know, saying you should, you should know this. <laughs> um, well, I, you know, I love his portrayal. I love, uh, Ben Wishaw's Q, um, Judy Dench. We've already talked about as M. Um, I, Ray Fiennes as Gareth Mallory. Yeah, the, the, his his you know his introduction into uh, the Bond franchise, and you almost say, why hasn't he ever been involved in, in Bond? He just seems like he should be. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like when when he you know spoiler transitions to M at the end, it's like it, it just felt like a really good torch pass. You know, yeah. it felt very natural. Um, I love Javier Bardem's take on this villain. It's so freaking wacky, mm-hmm. um, but I like how over the top it is. Oh, very eccentric. You know, like you expect a Bond villain to be. Yeah. But it it is very you you can buy into. He has been seriously wronged by you know M and MI six and just completely abandoned. That he it, it what you know his how he got abandoned at that point kind of went a little nutso and oh, yeah. to some extent saying, I'm not saying his methods are correct, but you can kind of see it saying, okay, I can kind of understand why you're going down this path. I don't I like know. your methods, but I, I, I get it. And at times I think Bond almost agrees with him. I mean, he's, he's wrestling the entire movie with how he feels about him and MI6. Mm-hmm. He sees their, the flaws of that organization and their betrayals and, how expendable they are. And I think he's sort of taken that for granted his whole career, but mm-hmm. now, you know, Silva is really forcing him to come face to face with what that really means. And if that's really fair and if that's something he's willing to do, plus they really shouldn't train people, you know, to become incredible murder masterminds or whatever assassins and then turn on them. Um, that could always be a problem you would think. <laughs> and, and they would, and they would answer back saying, 
you signed up for this. So yeah, true, true, it's true. Ki- it's kind of like, you know, the, you know, Mission Impossible series, like, you know, the secretary will just, if you get a caught or captured or killed, you know, the secretary will disavow all knowledge of your existence. So you do true. sign up for this. So the fact that you're striking out, I'm sorry, <laughs> this, this was your choice. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot to mention Naomi Harris as Eve. Um, ah, uh, yes. Money Penny. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't realize I forgot that this was the introduction to Money Penny into this franchise. And, and I do like that we get to see that she wasn't like you know, and all the Bond friends, she's just M's M's private secretary right, at right, that right. point. Yeah. But to see that she's a field agent first brings brings a, a nice dynamic to it. That you know, yeah, feels like she's you, more qualified. You know, like yeah, that she could have been on the field, but then she chose to be behind a desk, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. And that she worked personally with Bond before she she chose to uh, work directly with M. Yeah, and I like that. You know, they have sort of a steamy will they won't they, but ultimately they, you know, they don't they don't that doesn't really. Oh, stick. I love that she basically puts him in his place. Yeah, true, 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 <laughs> very true. <laughs> um. Well, do you want to talk a little bit about some of your favorite scenes? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the the intro, it's it's very interesting in this fact that you are just put right into what's going on. And yes, what what we and we quickly did, we they don't over explain stuff. They just let you kind of figure out what's going on with it without basically, you know, they're just telling you little bits and pieces. Yet you, you as an audience, maybe you have to say, oh, Okay, obviously their agent said, "Oh, okay, they're looking. F- someone's captured something." You only start figuring out what these guys have actually taken, mm-hmm. and it, it's basically the list of all the deep cover MI6 agents throughout the world. Yeah, yeah. Which which harkens definitely back to the first impo- Mission Impossible movie. You know, <laughs> yeah, true. Getting the getting the knock list out of there, saying, "Oh, they're copying this." It it's not necessarily a you know, a, a unique idea, but it's one that is always at risk, mm-hmm. you know, getting, getting that list out there and, and protecting those agents. But uh, the, Bond's always good for the, the chase sequences and how much bigger can you make the next, the next chase sequence, you know, going oh, from gosh, yeah. the, <laughs> going from the streets to on the train to basically bond using a crane <laughs> that ends up <laughs> destroying like half the train. It's, or at least part of the train cars. Just like, and he comes off of it saying, hmm, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it, it doesn't make it. In fact, you know, him getting shot, that's, you know, the it you don't feel to see Bond getting shot too often at all in, in movies. I want to say I, this I is said, like this was like the second time ever. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and you and you see it in that opening, you see he's basically shot, and I kind of laugh myself. So, oh, we've got it, you're right. So it's kind of like the A team. Everyone has bad aim, and Bond's invincible. <laughs> right. Right. It will. And the the way they build up him getting shot, you know, mm-hmm. um, Judy Dench's character is like you know, take the shot, take the shot. She's like, I, I could hit Bond. And she's like, do it. And then Money Penny pulls that trigger and he's shot. And you're just, no matter what was happening up to that point, you just didn't expect him to be shot. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it was a perfect call. It was a perfect decision to, when that shot goes out, all the music cuts off. Like it's building and building and building. The soundtrack's building, building. When it's shot, like all the soundtrack stops at that moment. And you're just left hearing uh when eve goes on and says agent down 
Yeah, and it, it, and it you was... watch you watch him fall, and at that moment when my wife's watching it, Aaron goes, "Oh yeah, there's no way he survives that fall." <laughs> yeah, I mean in real life, no. Yeah, um, you know, claiming that he's dead at that moment made sense, <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, when Judy Dench makes that call too, it's like now we know something about M that we didn't know before. And it's, yeah. he's expendable. I mean, I think we, we heard that all the time. We knew that that was a possibility, but you just don't expect her. I think, I think we've seen him being protected a lot up until this point. And then this happens and um, it's shocking. And, and it's, it's shocking to, uh, to James Bond. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. it really sets the tone for the whole movie. He's, he's very shaken by this betrayal, you know? Yeah. And that, and that's kind of like the theme of the film when mm-hmm. we meet Silva, like he's, Bond abandoned, but you also don't see him seeking out revenge no, or anything no, like no. that. He basically is accepting fine. They're not coming after me. I'm just going to disappear. Yeah, he's you like, know? okay, that taught me something, but I'm just going to move on. And yeah, um, you and, know. and to your point that maybe some people who have a different opinion of Bond's like, no, Bond's going to come back and things like that. It's just again, this is a different Bond. Yeah. And, so. and, and also that, you know, when he does come back, he's so shaken, um, you know, like his aims off, he's, mm-hmm. he, he doesn't pass the psyche valve, you know, things like that. It's like, we learn, you know, that he's human in this one a lot yeah. more. Yeah. It, it's definitely, even with, this was like the longest stint in between the movies itself. Cause there's a four year gap between the oh, release yeah, of true. Quantum of Solace and, and this one. So it's like the third longest gap in the period but it's also one of those you know we don't really know how we know kind of a little bit of time but time kind of in between when bond kind of is resurrected at that point mm-hmm. to to then is interesting just because it ain't be long we're not talking years but it's definitely a, possibly a month or two yeah yeah i agree so I do like that this movie, the movie comes out for the 50th anniversary and how many different callbacks to some of the franchises, uh, movie, other movies in the bond franchise, you know, you get the, uh, when James gave the scrap of metal pieces to the agent, he said, you know, it's for her eyes only. Oh, okay. Call back to for her eyes only the Aston Martin DB five, uh, the location that M asked for bond. was uh, how old was he when his parents died was a reference to Goldfinger. Oh. The handprint recognition on the gun grips were a uh, reference to license to kill. Um, you know, the scene where he breaks into M's house again from Casino Royale. So there's, they do a yeah. lot of different little callbacks to it for the 15th. And it's, it was cool to see this kind of movie make those very subtle references. Yeah. Without it being just like constant references. Mm-hmm. It's not like, it had to, you know how sometimes a movie is so many callbacks that you're like, all I'm watching are callbacks, but it's woven really well into the story. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's just very subtle at that point. But like, you know, we said like with this movie, not re- referencing Mr. White or Vesper or, or the quantum organization that we would know as Spectre. It's just, I don't, I didn't miss that. I didn't like, it wasn't one of those things like, Oh, when are they going to reference it? It just, it seemed organic saying, Oh, okay. Maybe we've moved on from that, you know, yeah. it, it's not going to be connected, but it, it was very interesting to see, okay, who has this list? Who, who's out there? Who is this person? Is, is it? Cause I mean, until we meet who Silva is, we could think it's still this organization from the previous movies that we finally going to get. And I, it ends up not being that at all. 
I remember not trusting Ray Fiennes in the movie for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I felt like he was a really good red herring. I new guy. I'm, I'm not sure what his deal is, you know, famous actor. I, you know, it was kind of like, well, I don't mm-hmm. know about that guy. And I think they did a good job with that. Um, another to me, really shocking fun scene is when MI6 explodes. Yes. And especially kind of how it goes down, like using the viral video, like think on your sins. And yes, very Batman. And, and, <laughs> Batman villain. Yeah. And, and so she stopped outside of it. And I like how later on, like saying, well, why didn't he just wait till M got there? No, he wanted M to see the destruction, know that she cost lives. Yeah. Like yeah. her, her decisions as running this organization have led to deaths at that point. He's going to make her pay for, for the quote unquote sins, her sins. And, and that was, like you said, that was very jarring just to see, because again, we think of our, you know, especially in this film, like the organization should be invincible and can stand up to it, that they're it's directly attacked and they have to go underground. Like they literally are, one could say, Oh, they're cowering. They're hiding underground. You yeah. know, I think too, um, you know, there's in certain franchises, there's key things, you know, like in Star Trek, uh, we always lose the Enterprise or it seems yeah. like in Batman, you know, Wayne Manor burns down, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> so to me, MI6 is kind of like that. It's like the, we don't expect it to happen. We don't want that, that place. It, it's sort of like a safe house. It's a safe place. It's where his, his headquarters. And when it explodes, we're like, oh my God, well, where, where do we go from here? So it's effective and it's used very well here. <laughs> and, and I think another, you know, when you a lot, many of the Bond movies are based off of Ian Fleming's novels, titles, mm-hmm. ideas, you know, I think what shows a real creativity and shows how this franchise has grown, you know, this movie was the first movie not to use was Craig's. This was this was Craig's first James Bond movie not to use an original Ian Fleming story. Wow. You know, oh, the, I didn't the realize other, that. The, the other two were using Fleming's titles that makes at sense. that point. So, yeah, that's true. so you're not you're not beholden to ideas and things like that. And so I like, even though I love seeing, Oh, there, this is what it was based off of things like that. I really like saying, okay, how creative can we get? Like, yeah. where can we really take this series? And plus it's like this movie almost feels like several different plots in one. I mean, mm-hmm. it all connects, but I like, it's a very exciting film. It's not just, like a boring, straightforward narrative. It's like, you know, there's different pieces and they've got their mm-hmm. different arcs and the explosion is one arc when he gets shot and falls off the bridge. It's another one. Like there's just a lot of really cool, you know, pivotal moments in the film. Oh yeah. But then they find, you know, Bond seeing what happened, rising from the dead. Yep. It, <laughs> what was it saying? Where, where the hell have you been enjoying death? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the like, fact you that killed you, me so yeah exactly you didn't i i went away i did what i needed to do i i i knew what the assignment was i you didn't come after me i didn't want to be found but he he at least recognizes duty and loyalty to see i'm at least going to make sure what i'm going to need but the fact that again time is interesting with this because if it was even if it was, it's definitely seemed longer than just a month or two, even though I said it could just be a month or two, just when he goes through that training to be recertified as an, as an agent, he's very rusty. Like so much. So like you really haven't been doing and yes, he was shot, but it's just like, if it was just a month or two, I wouldn't think he'd be that rusty. 
I feel like he's like you know? traumatized, like PTSD too. Like there's there's definitely that too, especially when he's holding the gun up like mm-hmm. that, just because. And that's what some people didn't don't like about Daniel Craig's Bond that he has he's not invincible. He, he he's he has he's deep seated, but it's like, well, that's not reality. It adds stakes to you know. Yeah. I I don't like to watch movies where I don't feel like there's any danger at all. Bond gets hurt. You know, mm-hmm. he gets shot, he gets, uh, he, and he gets shaken. And when you have all that, it just makes him overcoming that and him, you know, rising from the dead. Like you said, it just makes it even better because now we can sort of relate to him. We can feel the stakes. It, it reminds me of like, you know, Jackie Chan when in his fighting movies, he always gets real hurt and incorporates that. And it's like, he, I remember him saying in an interview, he does that because then the audience believes it. You know, if he gets hurt, yeah. it's like, okay, this is more real. I think the stuff that Bond goes through, it grounds him as a character. It makes it makes all his, the movies seem a little bit more real that he's in. Oh, yeah. And, and again, it dates. It's the theme of this movie, feeling betrayed. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with not just loss, but also feeling like you've been abandoned at that point? And, you know, when the he goes he goes through that. One of my favorite lines of, of the movie, it's the snarkiness of, of Bond and M's relationship back and forth. You know, one he says, he was thinking, I'm going to go back to my flat. And he's like, um, oh, yeah, we sold your stuff. You died. So, uh, <laughs> it, so it makes that- sense. I feel like if you have, you know, spies on your call sheet, you should definitely burn all their stuff or something. Yeah. When <laughs> Everything's put in storage and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, well, I guess I get a hotel. It's like, you, well, you're bloody well not sleeping here. But when he goes down after all the, the, the tests and things like that, and he sits in or before he does all the tests and sitting in in uh in uh, m's new office he sees the the bulldog on her desk statue and says the whole office goes up in smoke and that bloody thing is it survives m's like i I've, i'm not here for your interior deck i love that whole yeah. that very quick back and forth and my dedication to this movie being one of my favorites i have a one of the the bulldogs that was used on the set that's awesome from from it just because i i i luckily had a had a friend who had a connection here and there and, and he's that's incredible i, can get, I want I a can, picture of that i i will definitely it is sitting in my office in my in my school and i can really tell people who are connected with because not many pick up on it they just think oh it's a it's you're it's one of those like kind of dogs from britain or something like that it says oh it's so much more than that when they say is that from i said oh it literally is from that's crazy <laughs> I so love yeah that. i'll send you i'll send you a picture of it but it's I, I just love that sequence it always gives me a smile on my face but it also that the that statue is, that little bulldog was what was used as kind of like the rallying rallying for during world war ii because mm-hmm. uh, winston churchill and things like that so it, it has a special place in britain's heart but yeah it's very he, british <laughs> yes very very british at that point but uh I, I love it because it has all the little cracks on it it's got the soot on it they did they did a real good job with ha- having that look like it's it's seen some rough times but especially how it you know flash forward to the end of the movie you know we're spoiling at that point m wills that to James. Yes. And yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but so it keeps on coming back up, but this has been now three movie. It took three movies for us to finally meet our quartermaster. Oh yeah, you're right. And, uh, him meeting at, uh, Ben Winshaw, he, he fits 
the age we're living in. In oh, that, yeah, you know? he's like the tech bro <laughs> version of Q. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because we had just gone from John Cleese, and prior to that, uh, you know, uh, what was it? Um, he's the fourth actor to play Q. Oh gosh, I'm so. I'm not good at that, but I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 you're right. Like he is the. He he's the I think someone said it like the Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg combination. Yes, and I love the exchange that they have when they meet about you know what's better, old or new, and mm-hmm. the way the conversation sort of wraps up to where they really respect each other. Yeah, exactly. He I, I love the dialogue when they meet in the National Gallery. How he jokes saying about giving Bond an exploding pen, <laughs> and Bond moans the tools received about the tools received you just getting a gun and a radio <laughs> to fulfill the mission <laughs> and he just said we just don't do that anymore but him giving him the walter ppk nine millimeter you know is one of the most is considered one of the most popular and widely known bond guns mm. uh in the franchise so it's nice to kind of see that but i love how he says saying it's you know it's coded to your palm print it's more more than a it's more of a uh, personal statement you make than a simple than a simple killing yeah <laughs> yeah and he becomes so beloved also as as it goes mm-hmm. on i mean you know i feel like i know him toward you know by the by the final film yeah i did love that we got you know as he's going through this and we still haven't met our our villain at all yeah you true. Know, we end up going into you know asia and singapore and just the that whole battle sequence that fight sequence with the the sniper you know and how mm-hmm. he ends up figuring out oh i gotta go to the this this casino in machao um, excuse me macau and how he it's another time for money penny and him to work together and what he ends up doing and just Bond, but you can't go a Bond movie without being in a casino. It almost seems like I don't know. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's certain things that have to happen, and I look forward to them. All the locations, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 yeah, casinos are just they're just fun. I don't know. And I just love it. Like he's he's got the 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 chip from the sniper that he's just killed and just cashes it in and ends up getting this huge <laughs> suitcase <laughs> full of money at that point. Yeah. And uh, but how how he meets that. You know, one our uh, you know our 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 Bond girl, one of our Bond girls, and how she's connected to Silva, but like how scared she is, yeah, of even arranging this. Mm-hmm. And then we finally get to uh, Javier Bardem's, you know, Silva finally meeting him, and man, I love him as an actor. He's yes. actually the second Academy Award winner to play a major Bond villain, and the really? first was Christopher. Yeah, the first was Christopher Walken in A View to Kill. Oh, wow. So um, he, in whatever part he plays, it is so unique. Yes. Like, I just think, like, I go back to Old old Country for No Men at that point, and he, no, excuse me, No Country for Old Men. No, no worries. (laughs) But what he brings to that part in comparison, like he has two completely different parts, but, but both so intense. villains, yeah. but so intense, so iconic. both villains. Mm-hmm. And it is, he owns that 
I, I don't know. He just owns every time he's on screen, he owns the, the scene. He chews up the entire scene. Yes. In such a convincing way. Like, you know, it's, it's hard to go big like that and it can be mm-hmm. goofy. Right. And yeah. it's not Javier has an intensity to him that every single part that he's in, you, you fully buy into it. I mean, I even loved him as Stilgar in Dune. Like, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, I, I remember Stilgar in the book and then seeing him in the movie, I was like, Oh, this is such an interesting take on him and he does it so well and it's it's like you said it's like whatever part he's in he just goes 100 percent, and it's unique and engaging and yeah he's one of my my favorite uh bond villains and i saw this i read this a little bit ago and i it makes sense like this supposedly he's modeled after the joker from the dark knight and Uh, colonel hans uh londa from inglorious bastards oh i could see that too yeah i mean his i i think it was his idea to like bleach his hair and stuff he just knew he's like that's gonna look crazy on me (laughs) (laughs) i'm already gonna be nuts let's let's do that because it's like oh this this is not your normal haircut but all right let's go with it but you besides just being off you're just like wondering what is his deal like he's yeah. got this beef with with M mm-hmm. and you kind of get the idea that okay okay you're you're a former agent at that point but why do you have this hatred towards it and you know it's just he he's trying to convince bond saying hey um yeah she abandoned you too so you should really kind of join my side because you you're like me. Like he see, he's trying to convince Bond that we're we're two we're two sons that were abandoned by their mother. He's figured out the psychology of the way that they're recruited and used. Mm-hmm. And he and and James Bond hasn't yet. Yeah. Or 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 he's accepted it and it doesn't bother him. Right. You know? Right. Absolutely. But you, you get the you know, again, the the craziness of the whole thing. Like, it it was just like him <laughs> even <laughs> just going onto Bond's legs and saying, "Oh, we're going there. Okay, mm-hmm. let's do that." And Bond, I like how Bond says, "There's a first time for everything." <laughs> I know a controversial comment I remember on the internet when he did yeah, that. some people say, "Oh, that makes Bond bisexual." It's like, sure, if it does, great. You know, yeah, I, <laughs> I think uh, if he is, it just doesn't matter. But it does see, yeah. it does feel like the film was challenging all kinds of but, things about bond then, and that makes it kind of fun yeah yeah and, it, and it's just like well if it's not it's just it's bond being cheeky because yeah that's who is bond always. is yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's just playing along but then you know they you know silva is trying to basically you know test bond and saying hey she put you out in the field and you weren't ready so here's a gun i want you to shoot the uh the the shot glass off of off of her head and we know we can't do it you know, yeah. he, but when it comes down to it, that's not what Bond does. In th- this Bond is is our blunt instrument that, and he shows it too. Like what, after Silva kills her, and, and he just basically goes full on Bond and, and starts shooting all the people left and right, and that's what he can do best. Mm-hmm. You're not asking him to do a, a precision sniper kill because that's, no, that's not what he point. does. And so trying to make him do it. Yeah, if he was at his, if he didn't have what happened to him prior to that, yeah, he probably could have done it much easier. But that's not where Bond is the best. Yeah, that's a good point. And also, I felt like, I mean, I guess we kind of knew it was going to happen, but still, when Silva shoots her, uh, oh yeah, not boom, done. <laughs> you're like, man, this guy is so bad, like just mm-hmm. unnecessarily bad. <laughs> but what did you think, like, when how quickly he was captured? Like. You, you know, like okay, we're like halfway through the movie. Well, Something's this is gonna happen. Joker-ish move is to be captured. 
mm-hmm. and be inside the main place. And that was <laughs> Should've just been a clue for us. It, it, yeah. And especially when you reveal like his whole story when he's yeah. captured, it's like, I, you know, I, I was given the cyanide pill and it, di- and it didn't work effectively and totally killed oh. me. So it did like burned any takes out. Like I thought they were going to go like, Oh, this is their version of jaws. No, it's just, <laughs> it's just that his... part made me nauseous the first time I saw it. Oh, it's so and, effective. And especially like when you see, Oh my gosh, it affected his eye. Cause his eyes literally popping out when he removes yeah. the thing. And, and it's like, man, bravo to the, makeup and cg department yes. because that was like you said it i can understand i was nauseating and m um I, I feel like throughout the film you know she made that comment earlier to james bond well he can't stay here uh mm-hmm. javier makes the jokes about her being a mom that abandons him and then this moment happens and i think we finally see that mask that m has on slip a little bit oh yeah I mean, she, she, sees, she yeah go ahead sorry go, no, go for it go for it <laughs> when she sees how disfigured he is and he says look what you did look at your work Mm-hmm. You know, she the whole movie, she's convincing herself and everybody else that she always made the right call. And she acts like all we got to do is capture Silva. I don't care. But in that moment, it's like we can tell she did care and she did yeah. have to make a call, but it wasn't as easy for her as he thinks it was. Yeah, she he thinks, you know, as we see when she says, just take the bloody shot at that point, you hear it. But when you say the agent down, she you see that reaction of Am mm-hmm. saying, oh, God, what did I just do? Yeah, it's like she has to make these calls, but she doesn't enjoy them at all. Mm-hmm. You know, but she yeah, has but to put it, on a brave face. Yeah, that's what she, that's what she's put in charge of. You know, yeah. this is what she's expecting to do. And but when she's forced to really confront a a screw up at that point, in the sense of like he didn't die. Yeah, I I you know that was I I don't know if Silva would have it sounded like he would have accepted the fact, but the fact that it didn't work and it didn't kill him is just like that made it ten times worse. It was already adding insult to injury. Yeah, yeah. So, but you're right. I mean, going back to like it, just like in the Dark Knight, the yes. Joker wanted to be captured. <laughs> Sil- Silva wanted to be captured because again, they're they're trying to decipher all this, all like the encryption in the in the drive, and what they really ended up doing is like. Oh, he's putting a virus in here to free him and to cripple their new underground, their new underground uh, headquarters. Yeah, he's like a tech genius as well. And in Q's mm-hmm. arrogance kind of backfires here a little bit. Oh, yeah. Like he says, oh, I found this and found this. Is a like, darn it. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, and when he's like frantically unplugging uh, mm-hmm. the computer, it just, I don't know, it gave me weird flashbacks about like when you get like a, back in the day when you get a virus and you're like trying to turn the computer off really fast. <laughs> Yeah and, yeah, and especially the chase sequence that Bond does, trying to find Silva going through the going through the t- train tunnels, going into the train station, chasing mm-hmm. him down to where M is giving uh, testimony to basically either get fired or to finally save her job. Because I mean, Mallory, like you said, we don't know if we can trust Mallory or not. And I like it how Eve tells him back in Singapore, it's like, um. Yeah, he's not exactly who you think he is. And Bond already knows like his background. Like he's not just a normal bureaucrat. He has served. He has yeah. some some background in it. But it's almost in the sense of when we don't trust him because he's basically trying to tell M, you need to face facts. You need to retire. You're you're not gonna weather this time. And and it's like, well, why are you trying to force her out? It's almost like, but as you get to see him, it's like He's trying to help her save face before she has to be blamed for this. Right. 
Yeah, absolutely. And but you you see exactly like as they're going through the the courtroom sequence that all the questioning she's having to deal with. Judy Dench yeah. is being Judy Dench, but I but she sells it so well. It's like, oh, I don't care what they're going to ask me. I'm going to tell them how it is. Yeah, and she makes her. She has a really good like speech and quote mm-hmm. in this scene, and she's she's ahead of the curve more than they think. You know, there's sort of a theme in this movie about Bond being too old, her being too old. We we need young people in here, but M, uh, you know, she does have a lot of insight into the world of mm-hmm. today, and I like how she says it. It's not like it used to be. You know, we, we had to change our our strategy because things have just changed. And you can tell mm-hmm. that the whole rest of the council doesn't really understand that yet, you know. Yeah, and it, and and it's more. This is going to be much more apparent in Spectre and yeah. in No Time to Die. True, true, very true. apparent. And you know, as you know, Mallory proving, you know, he takes basically a bullet to save M. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, Silva goes to ground at that point, but you know, he. Bond is trying to get uh, M out of there and ends up trying to go to the only place that he knows, but also Q is helping him hide his breadcrumbs, leave breadcrumbs, but also give him a head, a a leg up of getting ready for wherever they're going. But Mm -hmm. Mallory also signs off on it. So it's like, we're getting more and more like Mallory's not a bad guy. Exactly. Yeah. The bullet. And then this, uh, their visual cues like, okay, I don't have to focus on him anymore. Like he's, he's, he's one of these people like, okay, Maybe we can, as we go back and look at what he was trying to do, he's he's doing the, what he thinks is best in exactly. order to salvage a really awful situation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we get as, you know, going back to his psychological evaluation, the word Skyfall, you know, roll credits at that point, we've already heard is like he just walks away, absolutely walks away when he hears that saying done from the psychological evaluation. Yeah. But then we're. We come to see the fact that where they go, that is a childhood child at home. We don't get that. We don't get that from Bond. We don't get that kind of background of who felt he very, is and what he's been. Felt very like Rosebud ish, right? <laughs> a <laughs> yeah. little bit. But yeah, it's like um, I, I was very excited when we see his home, and you realize mm-hmm. that you're like, yeah. oh man, we're in new territory once again. A, a, another big arc in the movie. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're reaching a, a different point in the film. It's like. Oh, this feels like another, like almost like mini movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. And so, you know, they go to the house and we see um, the role played by Albert Finney in his last on screen performance. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. Playing oh. Kincaid. It was originally written for Sir Sean Connery in mind. Oh. They, they had thought they had tossed around the idea of making it a surprise cameo. But Sam Mendez told the Huffington Post that. There was definite discussion of Connery playing Kincaid very early on, he said. But the reason that he nixed it and they decided to nix it was that it takes you out of the movie. Connery is Bond and he's not going to come back to just do another character. It's like he's been there. So it would be a brief flirtation that it just wasn't going to happen. It was a nice idea. And I agree. I think that really would take what's going on in the movie away right then and there. Very cool. But it's like, oh, we're looking at Sean Connery as Bond, old Bond. Yeah. And I think this part of the movie already gets critiqued enough. Like, I don't know if you've seen the Honest trailer 
where they say it's like Home <laughs> oh, Alone. Moana's trailers. Like Let's nitpick home. everything. I know, but when they compare it to Home Alone, I have to laugh. I love this movie, oh, it, oh, but that made true. me laugh it's really true. hard. <laughs> and and I had other friends that said some, the same thing. Like this, this part ruins it for them. I love it. I see what they're saying. I love it. But I think if they if, if it was Sean Connery, it'd be even more, you know. Yeah. It, it it breaks the fourth wall. It's not a good idea. I agree. Yeah, there there's there's a lot of different things. I, I until you said it, it's like, yeah, you're right. I've yeah, it, it does very get home alone vibes with all the booby traps <laughs> and things like that. But it's like <laughs> it's like they're trying to drag him into a trap, so what else is it supposed to do? I just exactly. love it. It's like, yeah. oh my father's got all these guns. Oh, they just sold them to collector. Okay, so I've got this gun and this gun. What else do we have? Yeah, they've got to get <laughs> scrappy. It's more fun to watch if they do that. You gotta involve Judy Dench somehow. You know, she's predominantly been behind a desk, but we see her here actively helping. It's, mm-hmm. you know, the odds are against them. Um, I think it's it's you're meant to feel like they're vulnerable. Um, so I, I get why they did it. But that's yeah. that's a classic example of me really liking some something, respecting mm-hmm. it, but still being able to giggle at a joke and not, you know, it, it not hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I, I can know that and I could watch Skyfall again knowing it's like it it's like a home alone sequence. Like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> Kevin McAllister <laughs> you know, c- 2.0, yeah. Exactly. But this actually marks the first time the F word is at, you actually hear it in a Bond movie. Really? When, I bet that was when, like when, controversial for some. Like when <laughs> when M exclaimed in, when M is sitting there saying, I really I really F this up. <laughs> especially like, coming from her yeah it's like what yeah it's like yeah um no argument there no it's <laughs> things are things are pretty effed but it, it it's definitely the whole i mean again you always get the big battle sequence today and we kind of expect it and this is you know again a last stand and interesting enough like during that whole sequence when i i, I love all the different booby traps things like that and, and what they're able to hold ground that it did bring it tear to my eye a little bit being as big of a bond fan seeing the aston martin go up and smoke that was that that hurt a bit <laughs> yeah <Ugh>. um <laughs> i'm sure but, it really hurts nick too he loves yeah it, it's but okay. i i did like i i read the story recently that the the downdraft from the helicopter uh in, in the in the sequence was so powerful it actually blew the false teeth out of uh javier's mouth dang <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, I could only imagine the sound editing at that point must sure. have been a nightmare. <laughs> oh, I did. I did. I just I finally found my notes on it. Yeah. When um when uh unfortunately M dies during right. this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's a tough from a uh, tough scene on Her Majesty's Secret Service. That's uh, the first time he cries. That's how I had had part of it just to mind fart at that yeah point, so. and uh, you know it's weird saying all this stuff now because you know without saying spoilers there's movies after this that do mm-hmm. some similar things but up until this point is what we're talking about so it, it but it 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 brought her arc i mean she had been there since you know goldeneye you yeah. know and, and so to have her be here for two you know again the i my introduction with bond was goldeneye you know, I, yeah. I and that started my whole love of Bond. So Probably seeing was mine too, yeah. Seeing M make this kind of journey and her, you know, get killed in action, and, you know, I said like, I I I like the arc she had. Like she has has seen a lot of different bond, like two different bonds, but also very different sequences. And the fact that she goes out like this is just you know, it's 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 fitting. 
And it's, it's their connection at the end. You know, she had made comments mm-hmm. earlier that orphans make the best recruits. And she sounded so cold when she said it. But as the movie wears on, it, we see that it really gets to her, especially when the groundskeeper mm-hmm. guy is like, he says that, you know, his parents died and he didn't come out for two days. Again, another Batman-ish thing. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, he comes out a man and it, I, you can tell it hurts her in a way. It's like, gosh, he lost all his innocence, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I've capitalized on this man's yeah. tragedy. And, and there's a weird mom and dad thing even with him trying to protect them in that house, you know. And then she dies. Um, yeah, it's just I, I rewound what she say, says at the end about, you know, she did one thing right. Yeah. Um, a couple times when I was watching mm-hmm. it. No, I, I love that. And especially when we go to the end and that I love, if I could just have a, a picture frame of screenshot and just hang it in my, of him standing at the top of MI6 looking yeah. out and just standing that, oh God, that, that, that one scene, that one scene is just so perfectly shot. That is a, that, that is probably one of the best shots of Craig's Craig's franchise. I agree. And like I said, him getting the 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 dog at at the at the end was just a a, <laughs> a, 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 a nice a nice like final thing. And he does yeah. make an appearance inspector as well, but <laughs> but seeing him come down and you know, seeing Eve's new role and seeing Mallory become the new M. I mean, I think at that point we kind of saw the writing on the wall that Ray Fines was going to be the new M. Yes, and, and, and it fits. It, it really fits does really fit. well because I mean we've seen that he took he tried to take a bullet from her. He's not trying to take her job. He's somberly taking that torch. You know. Yeah, and, and especially yeah. how he how he ends it saying, "Are you ready to get back to work?" Yep, and so. then he's like, "Yeah," and you're just like, "Bounce back, baby!" Like it's it just, <laughs> it, it's such an uplifting ending. Despite oh yeah, what just happened. And it's, and it's the third third consecutive James Bond movie that ends with him alone when all the other ones seem to always end with Bond with the Bond girl. True, true. Um, one little thing I was going to say, I'm not trying to be too negative. I just, so I like Spectre, but, and mm-hmm. I love Christoph Waltz. Like, come on, he's awesome. But I do kind of like the Bond, the Bond villain in this one a little bit more. I mean, there's some similarities with, you know, like feeling betrayed and like yeah. being in prison at one point and teasing Bond and all that. Christoph Waltz, uh, his character, uh, Blowfield, feels a little bit more cartoonish, like a little bit bigger and grander. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the darker, unhinged, Joker-esque version that Javier is. So I just wanted yeah, to give that a quick comment. Again, I love Christoph Waltz. Don't send me hate mail. That's just <laughs> my opinion. <laughs> no, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that just because, again, some, some of the best... It's interesting just because a lot of our Bond villains are mustached really over the top ones. Sure, and you love and, that about them. Yeah, like, that's and, and that's what we and that's what we expect. Like people say, "Oh, Bond movies are all the same," but say, "Okay, so but there's <laughs> nothing." But that's not saying like there's nothing wrong with enjoying that because that's what we expect. Yeah, we want to see you know? expensive cars, you know, different locations all over the world, yeah. expensive clothes pretty people like there's there's some key elements that make it a bond film and those yeah. are, those are fun elements to play with and you know interpret in different ways mm-hmm. and, and even though as we said before this out of the five five movies which you know this is the the most amount of 
you know, the longest span of time he's done Bond at that point compared to the others. For the most part, outside of this movie, this has been a a a huge arc of a story from where he goes to Casino Royale to No Time to Die. And it's very interesting to just kind of see a story continue on throughout this this out this path. Yeah. So, but it's like I said, I I might even watch it in the next couple of weeks just because I I enjoy I love this movie so much and it it captures everything that I really have enjoyed about Daniel Craig's portrayal of Bond. Well, dang, I don't even have to ask you that question then. You just summarized <laughs> why you've seen it. Um, I, I have to chime in and say I 100% agree. I There are certain things that I like, you know, hashtag, not, hashtag my Bond. Um, I, I like the way that Daniel Craig has portrayed him. I enjoy every single film that he's been Bond in. Um, even mm-hmm. if I don't like it as much, I think, you know, for me, it's probably this movie and Casino Royale are kind of, you know, at the top and then Quantum of Solace and ooh, No Time to Die are a little towards the bottom. Spectre's in the middle for me. But you know what? There's not a bad Bond film. It, for yeah. as much as I put something on the bottom, I I still enjoy it, you know? So yeah. I love all of them, but this one really captures my favorite parts about him, I think. It, it, it's just... It's a different portrayal. Like we say, like there's certain things we expect to have a Bond movie, but the way he has portrayed this character has given us something, a different Bond to look at. So, you know, to, for when they start next year casting and searching for their new Bond, it, yeah. it's it's one of those things that, you know, it's what direction you want to go in. Yeah. Do you feel like it'll be lighter or, or darker? I, I I don't know if it, it's, it, it's the Bond represents the age we live in. Agreed. And so you you look you look at you know starting with Sean Connery in in the swinging sixties and things like that as he it leads into Roger Moore of kind of a, a different kind of look in the in the seventies mm-hmm. where Timothy Dalton, who I think is one of the most underrated Bonds, you know he's more dark and gritty. True. Than yeah. The, in those just two movies at that point, and you know Pierce Brosnan gives us kind of the going back to the swagger and the fun. You yeah. know, in, in, in that sense, we're really, you know, big. Don't even get started on uh, on die, die another day. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. When that song starts playing in my head and I'm like, no, <laughs> I love that great... song when it came out because I was really young. But as I get older, I'm like, that song's kind of annoying. I, I, I love I can't remember the name of the documentary. I was looking at all the bonds and Pierce Brosman goes on when he's talking about dying of the day. It, it, I want to say he's half joking, but I also want to say he's also telling the truth. And he says, oh, we were so drunk on that set so many different times. I was like, good, because that makes so much sense now about that, how that movie goes. Sorry if you like it. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't <laughs> but, it involve but, like giant diamonds or giant yes. ice? I can't. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's I, I it's, think it's, I blocked it out. But, <laughs> But but again, each one of those bonds represents something different. So sure. if we are leading towards, you know, looking at the age and the world we live in, mm-hmm. what is the spy for post Daniel Craig? Yeah, is he going to be like a superhero, or you know, like we'll see, I guess we'll see. Is he going to be more like I know Q has to be certain, and I hope they do continue using using this Q. I really, I agree. Really do. I mean, I, he's, I don't he's think... young, you know. 
youngish, and so I feel like he could do it for a long time. There's there's precedent for Qs and Ms continuing onwards true, true, through true. different friends. So same thing with Ray Fiennes. Mm-hmm. I think he can, I think he can continue, but you know, without getting into too many spoilers for No Time to Die. But <laughs> yeah, they, I feel but, like they did him dirty a little bit, but well, okay. yeah. <laughs> but, but again, I, I, I people say, oh, "Who's your fan cast?" And it's like. I, I don't like doing that. I agree. In, in this, I'm not good at that anyway. In, 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 in the, well, in this case, I don't want to do that because it, when I say it's not going to be a name, I think that if anything has seen from what the Broccoli's have done with holding on mm. to this franchise, Daniel Craig wasn't a household name. True, true, true. Pier, Pierce Brosman wasn't as he was, he was a name, but more people knew him from Remington Steel. Mm hmm which cost him the first time going to bond. Cause that's how it went to Timothy Dalton. He ah. was given bond and he thought Remington steel was canceled and they re-upped it and he had to turn down bond. Wow. And so when, yeah. So how many times you get offered bond twice and you get that second chance. You're so, only offered bond twice. There you go. You only <laughs> offered bond. To, there you go. Hey, I see what you did there. But so I don't, my only prediction is it's not going to be a household name. Okay. Or it's not as big of a household name. I agree. And I'm not going to, I don't want to get into like all the complicated who should it be either. Cause it's like, I kind of just want to see what happens, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and there's been so many that it's like, I'm pretty open to what their vision is. Um, the other question I was going to have for you is like, here's a weird fact. When this movie came out, it didn't do the newest one. It didn't do that great. We're in a different world than where we're in in 2012 mm-hmm. for so many reasons, but also because I feel like there's been so much time in between some of the Bond films that there's like a generation of kids. Um, I say kids, but probably Xennials <laughs> that do not oh, care about Bond. Like when I did my Kingsman episode, um, my guest was he, he's younger than me and he was just like, oh, I've never seen any of the Bond films. I never watched you know, like mm-hmm. Austin, he's like, Austin Powers is like the closest thing I understand to like what spy movies are. And I was like, well, you know, just being a little bit older, our parents really introduced all the spy stuff to us. And it was like, it's true. I thought Bond was just, you know, he was like for everybody, like Superman, he doesn't go away, but he kind of has a little bit. So what would you say to like a newer fan? Like, how do you pitch Bond, Bond in general? And how do you pitch this film to them? Well, in, in, in pitching this kind of film, as I said, it's it's one of those things that doesn't help if you see the previous two. It, it does, but it's not necessary. Very so true. you're looking at, you know, the idea of, OK, you've got a a spy for British, you know, if we want to get really thing, British MI6. So their version of CIA. Sure. And what happens when the the sins of the agencies pass? come back and haunt them including and looking at the idea of abandonment and understanding what loyalty really is what it carries yeah it's like in any like sort of cop detective film which i mean it's not just like that but it's kind of like that where it's like i'm turning in my badge (laughs) you know you've got to have those kind of moments those kind of Mm -hmm. turns um but yeah i think you know whether you've seen bond or not i agree i think this one kind of stands on its own and I think that it's got a lot of really interesting, fresh new elements to it that maybe mm-hmm. some if, if the older 60s stuff doesn't appeal to you, I think this one might, you know. Oh, yeah. And, and it's and even though I love the Bond franchise, I've seen all the movies and I enjoy them. A lot of them do not hold up. I'm, <laughs> call me. I know. And, and, and I, I'm, I'm sorry. Again, I am a Bond fan and up and down, but I. I I'm careful who uh, I suggest uh, some of them to. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say you have to watch them all. 
I, I like you said, I, I, I can read my audience and know which ones will work with some people and which ones will not land. Yeah. And, and I can't blame them for that. And, and so, yeah, I think this one's, you know, a little bit easier for people if they do mm-hmm. have some of those issues. I don't think they're, they're present. And I just think it's really good. And maybe it'll be your introduction into the Bond franchise. And you can, you can see why we, some of us love it so much, you know? Yeah. It, it is a very good balance between action beats character development mm-hmm. some slow times yeah. action i mean it has a very very good balance so i mean this is one i could easily put in most most interested parties hands and not regret giving them that choice 100 percent. well chris this has been really fun to talk about i absolutely love this movie um and you know so glad that you chose it uh where can people find you yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Balga and uh, my two shows you can follow on Twitter, uh, World's Finest True Believers at Finest Believers and uh, Marvel Alliance at Marvel A Podcast. Both of those shows are on the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. So just uh, in your podcatcher choice to search Geek Ultimate Alliance. Great. Well, thank you so much again. Really appreciate having you on. And I've got to come up with a comic book eventually to come back on. Yes, we got to get you back on. <laughs> Thanks for having me on again. 